0: When I first read the material, I did not even begin to unpack some of this. It was just like beginning to understand the nuances of the language. And at this point, it's like I, I see phrases like intelligent infinity, intelligent energy, and they mean a whole host of things that they couldn't possibly have meant when I first read them. Um, but
1: you're definitely still laying down the vocabulary when you got to session five, because I reread it again. And like you guys were saying, it's once once you get through it and all those concepts, uh, all the vocabulary has a, a built in concept in your mind, and then you go back and read these earlier sessions, it's, it seems like it unlocks uh, it unlocks the material further because at the beginning, you're, you're just like, still like what mind body spirit complex what what and every time I read that I was still trying to process mind body spirit complex moment. And now I go back, I'm like, Oh, yeah, mind body spirit complex.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think to dive in, we could um, start with session four because it was interesting that session four was kind of like uh, a bit of a synopsis of what was gonna be coming in session five in a a, a short and sweet way, which here we go. So uh, question 17, the question is, is it possible for you to give me a synopsis of the program of training required? I have no knowledge of what questions to ask at this point. And this was referring to uh, question 15, which was, "Will would it be possible for you to train us in, in healing practice? So this is a very generic concept. He doesn't say any kind of healing. It just says healing. So there's an implication here that healing is one thing. And that, that alone is fascinating that, that the, the healing of mind, body, and spirit can be seen as is one kind of thing that can be accomplished by uh, a person open to healing. Um,
1: he does say in the in the earlier one in um, uh, four twelve. Once I have selected an individual to perform healing, it would be helpful to receive instruction from you. So you know, it, it seems like they had laid down that baseline that they were going to do. Some type of energetic healing.
0: I see. Yeah, there could be an implied notion that this is an energy healing,
1: mm-hmm. because it does seem like a recurring theme for Don to be asking about um, energy healing uh, and and balancing. It just keeps coming up over and over again about the balancing of the mind, body, spirit complex and different aspects.
0: Yeah, yeah. And question ten here. This is where they say this. There is one health, as you call it in your polarized environment, but there are several significantly various distortions of types of mind-body-spirit complexes. Each type must pursue its own learned teaching in this area."
2: So yeah, it was, I think they're kind of,
3: oh, sorry, go ahead, No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I think their perspective on what healing means also changes as you go through the material as well. So it's not just a physical or energetic thing. It's also spiritual in addition to everything else on there so it's a much more complex idea than what we typically think of as healing just as more physical or healing certain particular things this is a full well-rounded idea that that raw trying to give them of what health and, and healing actually is and balancing
4: i think it's a continuum when we talk about energetic healing we're talking about generally um at least in my mind the subtle energy bodies which are the causal bodies and so the physical body is manifesting what's uh, what's present energetically. So I think it really is one long continuum. So when they say that, it, that there's one health, that kind of makes sense. And well, my guess is that the healing in this case is probably happening uh, at the causal level, which is then, of course, trickling down to the physical.
0: Yeah, and they talk about that as being time-space in other places. Once healing happens on time-space, then it's inevitable it will flow through to space-time, the body. Mm-hmm.
1: And throughout the entire material, Ra is just constantly uh, saying it's difficult for us to see each individual. We see you as a whole entity. So it it would suggest that he is coming from that that, uh, time, space, and healing downward. He's coming from a higher perspective when he explains everything. And even when they go into questions where they ask more detailed questions of healing, he goes, you know, we have referred to this uh, we have already uh, touched on this topic. Please refer back to the earlier stuff because to them, it is all the same. You know, once you start the healing process, you're healing the whole being, the whole entity.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, so this synopsis started with the question, um, just, is it possible for you to give a synopsis of the program? And Ra says, I am Raw. We consider your request for information. As you noted, there are significant number of vibratory, or as you noted, there are a significant number of vibratory sound complexes which can be used in sequence to train the healer. So they're saying, there's statements that we can use to train the healer. Um, The synopsis is a very appropriate entry that you might understand what is involved. Firstly, the mind must be known to itself. This is perhaps the most demanding part of the healing work. If the mind knows itself, then the most important aspect of healing has occurred. For consciousness is the microcosm of the law of one. So this also seems to relate to what they, when they say the disciplines of the personality are, know yourself, accept yourself, become the creator. It seems as though um, the most demanding part, they say, is the discipline of knowing yourself. And they don't just say know yourself here, they say the mind must be known to itself. So I guess the mind is the knower portion of the self. Um, and so I suppose the use of our mind has to be something we come more into awareness of and I think that's kind of like what meditation helps with with the discipline of of knowing the mind and what's going on in the mind Would you, you equate also this
2: also to do self
0: with self-awareness? Well, say that again?
2: Uh, would you equate this
4: to self-awareness? yeah more broadly? okay
0: yeah
3: I'd also consider that parts of the whole they talk about the roots of the tree of mind so it's also knowing yourself but it's also the depth of the mind in that case too so starting at the conscious mind going down then the trunk to the intuition and through the different levels of the unconscious mind as well because that's all part of the self but it's like another level i guess to it that you also need to understand and hence so also then the oneness comes with that as well
0: right yeah yeah, the depth of the mind is almost infinite, right? It's like you can't really explore the whole mind, but I suppose um, the, 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 the you know they, when they say that the, the tree of mind goes into the planetary consciousness, I assume there's like the individual consciousness that is grafted into the tree of the planetary consciousness. And I guess it's the you know, the deeper you you dive in, the the deeper the healing of the self is occurring, I guess, of the of the planetary self versus the individual self.
3: Yeah, I think the order they have it there from the intuition so going into the unconscious was the personal unconscious, the racial mind, planetary mind, archetypal mind, and then cosmic mind from there, which leads to the uh, spirit complex as being the final part there. But so there's lots of different depths and uh, complications and (laughs) much to unpack on each level, it seems.
1: I think that uh, when he says, "Firstly, the mind must be known to itself." To me, when I read that the first time, and and even more so when I came back and reread it just before this, it's it's like um, it, it, when you first start meditating, and you can't quite shut your mind up, uh, and then you you know you get that one time where you actually get everything to be quiet, and you get down to that place where you're 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 just receiving, you're, you're, you're completely silent in your own thoughts and you're, you're receiving. That would to me be like the, the deepest portion of the self mind before you get into the planetary mind or the racial mind, the actual sitting with your mind, but not, not having thoughts. Or if you have the thoughts, you just watch it. You know, uh, uh, a meditation practice is always like, if you have the thought, acknowledge the thought and put it into the river so that it can flow down the river but just sit there and try and be as quiet as possible. And and that's what I actually noted in my thing. The mind must know, uh, must be known to itself. So you must know which thoughts are going through your head, which thoughts you're acting upon, which thoughts are acting upon you. You know, you have to be able to know those
4: different levels.
0: And that does seem to be the focus of session five that we'll get into.
4: I just wanted to add on to that with a second sentence there in that paragraph that we're looking at. Um, if the mind knows itself, then the most important aspect of healing has occurred. Um, I don't know if there's a lot there, but for consciousness as the microcosm of the law of one, I'm trying to uh, to glean the the nugget from that. And what I'm what I'm feeling is that the law of one is a system of distortions in a way like a hierarchical, you know, all is one. And then we have the first distortion, second, distortion, third distortion, and then some number of distortions um, kind of fractaling out underneath that. And it sure seems like that's um, also the structure of consciousness because we've got, um, to Nathan's point, as we get higher and higher up to archetypal uh, components of consciousness, those are shared across everyone. So, um, perhaps part of the mind knowing itself is as much a matter of knowing that it's on, again, some level of continuum. So, getting um, some context around um, that there can be movement, perhaps. So, I, I guess I'm trying to create, again, a spectrum, even in this one paragraph, between um, are we expecting that the mind needs to know itself completely? And they do say that this is the most demanding work, and therefore. Um, maybe that is a really tall order, or is it the the very initial stages of getting sort of broken out of the the egoic mindset that's normally uh, keeps us uh, ignorant of the rest of this hierarchical construct of consciousness? It could be a mix of those,
2: yeah. Hmm.
0: it is very fascinating to also to think of uh when they say consciousness is the microcosm is that because unconsciousness is the macrocosm
4: i don't actually i don't discern um un or subconsciousness as separate from consciousness in this statement for Mm -hmm. some reason i'm same way okay this is
1: like the being the conscious being with their conscious, their their conscious and their subconscious, but just the the entity as the the I guess unit of consciousness. If that makes yeah. sense,
0: the matrix of mind archetype basically is also a way yeah. of looking at it. Yeah, they say the matrix of mind is a consciousness, also the magician, and that's connected to the the heart of free will. Basically, is working from um, consciousness to to delve into the potentiator, which is the unconscious mind. Um, but I think these are always implying that consciousness is the is the actor, the worker, we're working through and and digging deeper into um, an exploration of the nature of reality through um, through this free will applied to light and love.
4: So if consciousness is a subset. How would you um, how would
0: you equate that to the law of one as a microcosm? Well, the law of one I guess they're saying the law of one is is everything um,
4: but what are the what's the the holographic or fractalized what's the parallel i guess in this like i said i i i yeah. gravitate toward distortion because that's that's the the function by which one you know becomes discerned as um something other than one, i guess effectively so I'm curious to see how that maps through into conscious yeah, awareness. Yeah, that,
0: that, is, that is fair to say. I guess there's really nothing but distortion once you're um, talking about the subdivisions of the law of one and the subdivisions are all um, conscious.
1: I feel like this is one of those times where Ra either intentionally or unintentionally left it very open and vague and and the way i would think it would be intentionally would be to make you have these thoughts to make you go down this path to you know try and put words to the the um statement there consciousness is a microcosm and, and to have this exact conversation or unintentionally because it, it seems so many times in the in these readings that ra will will say something and try and define it and redefine it and redefine it because words fall short.
4: Sure. Yeah. In this case, they do also, by the way, open up with that this is a synopsis. So it's probably well that we're starting with this and are gonna dive in a little bit further. So it might be that they intended this to be relatively high
0: level or conceptual. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, we can move on then. Um, the second part of, healing, the healing synopsis has to do with the disciplines of the body complexes and the streamings reaching your planet at this time. These understandings and disciplines have to do with the balance between love and wisdom and the use of the body in its natural functions. So when they say the streamings reaching your planet, I, I kind of understand this to mean like electromagnetic forces, which they refer to um it it, it, you could say that's like the subtle body i think that everything kind of is manifesting out of these cosmic energies and these cosmic energies kind of create the creation through through energy that's of a metaphysical nature i think although that's a that's a large study i think um
4: where they refer to body complexes is that um normally specifically yellow ray uh physical incarnate body complex or are they more holistic um referring to also
0: um the subtle energy bodies i think that usually does refer to just the physical but maybe no actually there's a there's a point in the material where they talk about each of the types of the bodies and they say there are many kinds of bodies astral bodies Uh, dev arcanic bodies they they go into a lot of different um, etheric bodies don't they
2: yeah
4: and that's what i'm trying to figure out what they're referring to in this particular case because it seems germane
0: yeah
1: well and the the fact that he says body complexes shouldn't be lost either because he talked about mind body spirit and then mind body spirit complexes and if i'm not mistaken the complex was when um the veil was introduced yeah is that am i I right there yeah so i mean you know just just the addition of that one word changed a lot of what he meant in in the mind body spirit complex the totality of the experience i wonder if specifically said body complexes to mean something specific like maybe maybe they're talking about in in these passages mastering the mind uh, mastering the body and mastering the spirit. Maybe they are referring to because he also says um, uh, the in its natural functions. I I I always thought that he was referring in these in these specific passages to like your your biochemical body, your you know the vehicle that you're using to
3: to move through the experience. yeah that's a different way than i had looked at this before because i always kind of uh, read this one as the uh, streamings entering your planet at this time meaning as the energy coming in currently which is the more fourth den- density energy which they talk about the balance between love and wisdom so i guess i had previously interpreted this as a current situation that earth is kind of going through now with these particular energy streamings that are bringing us into that fourth density in the way that they're balancing the love and wisdom to be able to achieve that. But um, I, I kind of like your guys little more broader ideas of where, that's,
1: where that might be coming from as well.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: And, oh. and what, what you said fits in with what, what I was saying because the streamings you know, come into the body and then they say to, to, do, to use the body as its natural functions. And one of the body's natural functions is experience. And part of the experience is that those fourth density um, streamings that come in, I could I could also think that they were talking about streamings reaching your planet at this time because they specifically said that we were under a quarantine. So, you know, when the quarantine's lifted, there'll be different streamings that we'll have to balance with love and wisdom.
2: Right. It'll
3: change as we progress or something. as mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. I'm uh, pulling up a search of streamings more broadly to try and Determine if they contextually, um, you know, if there's some further definition around that. Um, in 4 8, however, the streamings from the universe were, at the time we attempted to aid this planet, those which required a certain understanding of purity. This understanding has, as the streamings revolve and all things evolve, changed to a more enlightened view of purity. Sir, so those among your people at this time whose purity is already one with intelligent infinity. Um, <clears throat> and then um, yeah, without the use of structures, healer patient can gain healing. So streaming seems does seem to be um, universal. I mean it does say how the streamings from the universe were at the time. So this is um, time space, then, probably not space- time. Um, energy that's streaming. Um, At all places, at all times.
1: It almost seems to mean information, whether it be, uh, you know, um, elements coming from the sun, uh, ions coming from the sun, or whether it be higher density beings trying to communicate just information in whatever form, it may, you know, it may impact the planet, It it may interact with the planet and the beings on it.
2: Yeah, just broadcast maybe in general. Hmm.
1: And then, then it makes me think of absolutely everything is vibration and oscillation, and you know whether it be the fourth density streaming, uh, talking to you, you know, talking to you—that's a vibration or an oscillation. Uh, Elements are vibrations and oscillations. So the streaming is just like how the vibration of things you're interacting with how you interact with them to balance them with love and
2: wisdom.
0: Yeah, this is a a little bit of a confusing one uh, because it, it is suggesting that the the streamings are evolving and there there's a more enlightened view of purity possible now than was occurring in the past, it sounds like. Um, so I, I think this must relate to the increase in the vibration of the streamings, and this is making the job easier. I assume now to to use this this energy for healing
2: purposes, and that's what that's why they
0: say without the use of structures, healer patient can gain healing. And this was originally a question about the pyramids. I probably should have read the whole thing to start with, but I guess. Um, this might be a bit of a detour. Um, but, but yeah. We're still kind of back at this.
4: Um, is this the physical body complex that we're talking about here? And I've got a few things that draw me to that. Obviously, they they call out body complexes specifically and then also refer to natural functions. Now, that's not to say that we don't have natural functions in the energetic, subtle energy bodies as well. But when we go in, you know, the, the in-between clause there with understandings and disciplines have to do with the balance between love and wisdom. And I'm trying to figure out um, where love and wisdom factor into the physical body complexes, I suppose. If that's a chakra thing or more of a, um, a polarity thing that we might see closer to the tree of life, for example.
0: I think we probably can get into that in session five more too, but I I feel like there's there's a lot of examples of um, uh, just simple. We could we could imagine like a person could say it's very loving to feed your child all the food that you have and just fatten them up very well, and that's not necessarily a wise path, but it could be using love to um, help the body in its natural functions. You know, and wisdom might be to not give them as much sugar and, and, um, help them have a healthy diet. And that could be, you know, the implementation of balancing love and wisdom and, and fueling the body complex. So that's, that's the simplest example I I can think of. Okay. Yeah. I was trying
3: to consider that one as well, too. If like how, how that would work either from like a physical, some health standpoint too. So what you're doing to treat your body well with with love and then being able to balance that. So say like working out, you understand that you're doing this to to better yourself physically in that sense and which in turn helps you mentally. But you have the wisdom, you have to balance it to know at a certain point when to stop when it could be detrimental. Uh, but then I was also looking at it as like a emotional standpoint too and your, your feelings and how that might impact you and how to to balance it from that point. But this one was a little tricky to me too. I was asking the same question as Andrew when I was rereading this again.
2: Yeah.
1: And you could be someone that is so loving that you do absolutely everything to help everyone else to the detriment of your own health. You know, like if, I don't know, I couldn't even Think of an example, but you just, you're just constantly helping other people without paying attention to helping yourself. That would be an imbalance of love and wisdom. You know, you're, you're full of love, but you're not using it wisely because you're gonna burn yourself out and then you're not gonna be able to help anybody.
0: Yeah. We have to keep the body working as a functioning machine that it's not completely burned out. Um, For 18, um, sorry, the next question, they actually do
4: dive into this more. Uh,
2: <clears throat> yeah,
0: yeah, all right, um, uh, we can just finish this one off, then, say the third area is the spiritual, and in this area, the first two disciplines are connected through the attainment of contact with intelligent infinity, and I'm sure we'll get into that much more with session five, um, that they, you know, they're basically saying these, the, the point of this balance is to sort of be able to leverage the body and mind together properly. Properly, and that that gives us the the ability to open up the the, the crown chakra, basically with with the access to the, the higher aspects of the self.
1: In our uh, yoga teaching, the the instructors continually said that the whole point of yoga asanas, the movements, is to ready the body to sit still in meditation. So that I mean to have the discipline of body and the discipline of mind to put those two disciplines together, to be able to sit for long periods of time in meditation to attain the quietness and to, uh, as they say, in one of them, I can't remember which one it was, but they say to reach upward and to reach downward and, uh, you know, and to uh, receive the downstreaming of intelligent infinity. And that, that didn't come to my mind when I read it either of the, the two times I've read it, but just now it was, it was constantly told us that uh, the, the entire practice is to yoke together, to bring together the mind, body, and the spirit. They didn't actually say that, they, I'm, I'm using Ra's words, but it was you do the movements to get the body to sit and you, you do the mental work to be able to get the body and the mind to sit together. And then you're an open vessel to receive you know, that third area in this area uh the first two disciplines are connected through the attainment of the contact with intelligent affinity
3: yeah i mean i think that makes a lot of sense too from a little bit i've studied yoga as well i mean the intent is to make your body supple to be able to sit because if you're sitting there with back pain you're not able to sit in silence or to be able to still the mind long enough to be able to actually receive some of these uh, teachings and
1: understand that you have the universe yeah. And I know personally, one of, one of the things that always came up for me um, when I was sitting there after, after being far enough into the course to got my body supple enough and, and knew how to stack my spine, that wasn't a problem. Then it was quieting the mind up. And like you said, you know, if, you're, if you have back pain, you're not going to be able to quiet your mind up. You're going to be thinking of that. There's other things too. I mean, your daily life constantly pulls on you and like scratches at you as you're meditating and you kind of have to be able to set that all aside. You know, I'm hungry. Okay, well, we'll deal with that later. You know, I have to uh, pay the bills. We'll deal with that later. We're here for this right now. And that's part of um, the mind knowing itself, you know.
0: So we could check out this next one that Donna asks these follow-ups. Um, he asks, could you elaborate the steps? Um, And Ra says, imagine the body. Imagine the more dense aspects of the body. Proceed therefrom, and I assume this means the physical body. Proceed therefrom to the very finest knowledge of energy pathways which revolve and cause the body to be energized. Understand that all natural functions of the body have all aspects from dense to fine, it can be transmuted to what you may call sacramental. This is a brief investigation of the second area. So, this
4: um, <clears throat> proceed therefrom to the very finest knowledge of energy pathways, which revolve and cause the body to be energized. So, would you guys take that to mean we're starting with the dense, but then we're moving into? the causal energy bodies. So we are effectively talking about the all of those things in conjunction. That seems to make sense. Okay.
0: And that, that seems also to relate to how um a more advanced healer would be able to simply use their mind and and manifest more of a correction to their physical body through through that process. Because the energy pathways are coming through the mind into the body as it's manifesting, I think. Yeah, i think there's other parts of the material where they, they actually describe that the there's there, there actually is a connection to the, the roots of the physical that are anchored in um in like the unconscious mind hmm.
3: so is that the where they kind of then make the correlation between being able to heal yourself in time space which then transitions down into the space time sort of situation so within time space if you were able to heal uh some sort of bodily condition say um you know you've heard about some of these cases of people being able to have spinal injuries and being able to heal themselves like joe dispenza going through and doing this in the time space realm and being able to visualize and be able to heal yourself there which then ultimately comes down into space time and then is manifested in the physical body from that sense
2: right
1: that could also be what he means by body complex, all of it, physical, subtle, you know, your body in space-time, your body in time-space, maybe that's why they use the word complex because they meant this entire totality of that portion of the experience.
4: Right, I, I would agree. Yeah. So the next sentence then seems to be the the crux of what we're looking at for the clarification then. The understand that all natural functions, yeah.
0: Yeah and when they use the word sacramental that of course reminds me of when they they mentioned that the activation of the highest see if, I do, if we do a search for sacramental that shows up the idea of the indigo ray the basically the pineal gland uh, third eye center is what they call the sacramental portion of the body complex, whereby contact may be made through the violet ray with intelligent infinity. And they also say, um, they're talking about in context of sexual activity that person can use sexual energy exchange once once they unblock all the chakras to unlock the sacramental understanding or connection, shall we say, with the gateway to intelligent infinity. And then there's another part, part here where they refer to, yeah, it always refers to the indigo center, the indigo chakra, when they're talking about sacramental awareness. And they say the last uh, way in which we understand our experiences in terms is in terms of the sacramental nature of each experience. So this is a process of, of up-leveling our kundalini or our perspective of reality through... Activating and unblocking all of our energy centers until the the awareness of the of the reality of what what we're looking at is seeing in terms of the sacramental nature, and then I think the mind is able to like rewrite reality more directly uh, with, with with that with that awareness that everything is about the infinite creator manifesting, and sacrament means means like offering as a gift to God. Define sacramental, relating to or constituting a sacrament or the sacraments and an observance analogous to, but not reckoned among the sacraments, such as the use of holy water or the sign of the cross. Um, and maybe there's more here. Well, On
1: that second definition, I mean, that you, uh, usage of uh, holy water or the sign of the cross, I mean, that's you using your body, your being, your experience to be that connection with intelligent infinity, that you become in your actions, your thoughts, and your doings, the sacrament for for intelligent infinity.
0: Right, right. Our whole body is becoming the holy water-filled vessel. And, and they also say uh, the definition of sacrament could just mean a religious symbol or a thing of mysterious and sacred significance. But I think they're you know, they're invoking all this religious symbolism for a reason here, because of how much um, holiness is applied to sacraments in the Catholic Church. And And what they're saying is that all
4: the natural functions of the body can be transmuted to what you may call sacramental. Right. So... Okay, so it's the functions of the body that can be transmuted to become sacramental, meaning that, that we're almost the assignment of, of purpose to the body's function to be in service to the creator, for example, or? Um, yeah. That kind of reminds me of the section above where you were at with the, the sexual energy transfers um, and I kind of got to wondering, I guess, through that, when I read it originally, whether that was related to the Tantra or not. I know that's off topic, but.
0: That is definitely discussed. one, Do you remember that? Um, what was the word? Yeah. Huh. So 813 was referring to. Um, sexual energy transfer.
2: And I gotta go up to see what they're talking about originally.
0: The crystallized centers become quite remarkable in the high voltage characteristics of the energy transfer as it reaches green ray. And indeed, as green rays crystallized, this also applies to the higher energy centers until such transfers become an honestation for the creator, which means an adornment or grace.
2: Ah. So a, a sacrament.
0: Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, and then later down here when he's asking specific, specifics about this, could you give me an example of what would be called a other than Christian religious distortion system of the Law of the One, <laughs> and the other than Christian system they refer to is that called Tantric Yoga. And I think they're also just saying that Christians don't have this kind of concept in their religion. And it's teachings always half lost. <laughs> that's,
4: yeah. That's not great news if you're a follower of any other wisdom. Tradition
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Each system is quite distorted. It's, yeah, teachings always half lost. it's,
2: not, it's not just tantric yogas. They're <laughs> all half lost. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that's when you got to get to that. Um, no matter what system you're studying or discipline you're studying, they all, one way or another, come down to a lot of the same core concepts. That seems to be more the undistorted version of it. Then you start getting the human uh, aspect and and interpretation, and it just gets a little bit muddied as you go further and further.
4: So yeah. going back to four eighteen, I'm I'm feeling a little bit like. Um, not to not to muddy it completely with um, reference to you kind of know Catholic practice, but I used to work with somebody who used to be a a, a priest or even a uh, I think he was in a a monastery even for a while. And um anyway, everything that he did, like everything that he did in his work, while it was very long and tedious and painstaking and and often took two or three times longer than it would have taken even me to do, even though he'd been doing it for years. Um, I knew because he told me he dove into this a lot that you know everything literally that he's doing physically is in um, service effectively to to God and so that's sort of what I'm what I'm reading out of this is that the natural functions of the body um, can can be transmuted to more or less an offering to the creator at least that's what I'm that's what I'm seeing here it's not so much that it's Coming from uh intuition or anything,
0: yeah, that's and it definitely seems like this is kind of about removing our sense of ego a lot of the equation. our separate yeah. self is the one not being served, but God is the one being served through the way that we see our the use of our body,
1: yeah, and then uh the if you go to it's four four twenty uh the second paragraph in Ra's answer. He says it's um, one of the primal distortions of the law of one is that of healing. Healing occurs when the mind-body-spirit complex realizes deep within itself the law of one. that uh, That is that there is no disharmony, no imperfection. All is complete and whole and perfect. So you could go for a walk, you could go for a hike, and the entire time be angry or mulling over what happened in your day or pissed off that somebody cut you off in traffic or, you know, whatever. Or you could go on that hike and just be in awe of your surroundings and know that you're one with, the all, with all of this. And, you know, that, that sentence to me really stuck out. It's like, because previously said, um, to reach an undistorted understanding of that law, it is not necessary to heal or indeed to show any manifestation, but only to exercise the disciplines of understanding. And to me, the exercise, the disciplines of understanding is to realize deep within the law of one, that everything is in harmony, everything is complete and everything is perfect. And then everything you do and all of your thoughts, if you, if you can attain that level of um, consistency and resonance with the perfection of everything, then everything you do is a sacrament.
4: Yeah, the the second half of that paragraph you called out there is also pretty helpful in what we're talking about because um, it's saying that once you do that, then intelligent infinity can reform the illusion of the body to be congruent, effectively healing itself. And then the healer acts as an energizer catalyst for this completely individual process. So um, going back to what we were talking about, we're really not healing anything in the physical. We're uh, we're not even necessarily healing something energetically per se in so much as we're healing a perception, um, which um, sort of uh, reminds me a little bit of The Course in Miracles and atonement and that sort of thing. Although, Mike, I think you have a, a better recall of that than, um, than I do. But it does seem like the healing in this case is really healing the perception of separation because what Ra is saying seems pretty direct in this paragraph that once we realize that all is one, you will be um, what I think Paul Selig's guides uh, refer to as re-articulated, uh, meaning you know, the, the physical form that you're in um, becomes re-spoken, uh, re-told by consciousness and um, in a way that will allow hold the higher vibration.
0: Yeah. I think this also relates to what they call the form maker as being a part of uh, the indigo body that is basically forming our reality. And that in between incarnations, the form maker is essentially, you know, determining the next incarnation from this highest state of consciousness. So it's, it's like, uh, we don't have any choice, but to be formed by this, this highest intelligent infinity working through uh, the indigo and the time space into the space time as just a continuous flow of, of the basically the creator choosing to have this experience. So we can go back to 4.18 and read the last paragraph there. Um, Referring to the third area here, the spiritual area of the two disciplines being connected. They re-elaborate here saying, imagine if you will, the function of the magnet. The magnet has two poles, one reaches up, the other goes down. The function of the spirit is to integrate the upreaching yearning of the mind-body energy with the downpouring and streaming of infinite intelligence, this is a brief explanation of the third area. And this gets into the nature of the Kundalini also and the the chakra system. Um, and they refer to that as being um, you know the the meeting place of the of the upward and downward seeking energies, which are the infinite nature and the mind-body nature, which is like the the experiment that we're that we're in with this incarnation, and that might be a, a longer subject. Maybe the next meeting that we have, we could go more into this chakra system nature because that's um, that's kind of confusing too. The how there's these two different energies that are upward versus downward that are interacting and the, the level of awareness that we're taking the perspectives that we're having seem to be based on the meeting place what, what where we've where we've synthesized these two energies at what what point in the in the chakra system the energy center system we've we've synthesized these determines our 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 level of awareness if we're in a state of love if we're in a state of fear if we're in any kind of uh, lens of reality that that's based on this interaction between these energies
3: it also had to do with then the balancing as well being able to recognize what sort of feelings or emotions are tied to which energy centers and being able to properly balance certain actions reactions that happen in your life with the associated energy center to then be able to tell which which level i guess you're at and then to then be able to better raise that energy up as well just another level of understanding i guess to it too
2: yeah
1: And if you if you can examine, like you said, your reaction to something, uh, you can find your reaction will come out of love or fear in one of the shockers, as you were saying. If you find, you know, you may have four or five. Just you know, how, what words does he use? He uses um, brilliance, speed, and rotation. The activity of the centers are perfect but if you respond to certain things in certain ways all the time, that can show you and enlighten you to which areas are blocked, You know what, what areas need to work. Exactly, and also get in the concept of the biases as well, which I kind of find
3: fascinating too in there because we all have these kind of unconscious biases towards certain situations to everything else and being able to further analyze that, you realize where potential blockages might be and as a way to then be able to access higher energy too from that point. So it's, yeah, ties in with that and catalyst
2: as well and being able to use them.
0: So we, I think we're close to jumping into the next session here. Um, and we don't have to try to finish the entire next session also, but I thought um, also to give context to uh, Uh, Session five, I would read off uh, uh, from session 41, question 19 here. Um, And I really mainly wanted to read the second paragraph here. um, But I think the first paragraph is also helpful to keep in mind when we're we're thinking about what are we really trying to achieve when we're trying to achieve spiritual balance? I think some people they, they try to achieve as much spiritual energy as possible through their practice, and um, this, this, this question kind of puts a context around what the, what the goal really is with balancing. Um, so the, the question was um, that Ra had mentioned in the previous session about variable speed of rotation or activity of energy centers, oh. that the energy centers, the chakras could be spinning at different rates. Uh, what did you mean by that speed of rotation? And Ross said, each energy center has a wide range of rotational speed, or as you may see it more clearly in relation to color brilliance. The more strongly the will of the entity, con- the more strongly the will of the entity concentrates upon and refines or purifies each energy center. The more brilliant or rotationally active each energy center will be. It is not necessary for the energy centers to be activated in order, in the case of the self-aware entity. Thus, the entities may have extremely brilliant energy centers while being quite unbalanced in their violet ray aspect, which is like this summary or summation of the whole spectrum of energy centers, is, the, is what, what is seen in the violet ray, like a, a, a reading, an output reading of, of the rest of the energy centers. So, thusly, entities may have extremely brilliant energy centers below the violet while being quite unbalanced in the violet ray aspect due to the lack of attention paid to the t- totality of experience of the entity. So we can have like some, that. oh, go ahead. I was
4: just gonna say, I like that. That to me screams wheelbarrow, which I know is new to Nathan, but I think Mike and Nick have both heard it recently, but- Oh, go ahead, share it again. Well, just um, real briefly, it was um, uh, a question I had actually asked of a, of a different channel and uh, the image that um, the guides gave him, initially was of me with a wheelbarrow with one foot in it and sort of hopping along uh, behind it um, and he kind of chuckled as he said that and his guides came in and said a bunch of beautiful things basically about how um i was in process of of still um working to learn and intellectualize a lot of things uh to uh, try to gain a better understanding of a lot of these principles this is before i got to the raw work though Um, and, um, and then also, um, moving toward a state of being, and that's how they wrapped up their, uh, feedback was, um, get in the damn wheelbarrow. And that's kind of what I see here is this is a a kind of a microcosmic example of how I could sit and focus on every one of my energy centers and probably meticulously pour through all the decisions that I made in a day and how that could have been processed at, at all of these individual centers and do a really great job of kind of, you know, spinning those all up to, to full speed and all that, but um, not actually paying any attention to the total experience. So that's, that's kind of neat that they have that in here.
0: And then the next paragraph here uh, sort of summarizes that more. Uh, the key to balance may then be seen in the unstudied spontaneous An honest response of entities towards experiences, thus using experience to the utmost, then applying the balancing exercises, which is what's in session five we'll be going into, and achieving the proper attitude for the most purified spectrum of energy center manifestation and violet ray. And this is why the the brilliance or rotational speed of the energy centers is not considered above the balanced aspect or violet ray manifestation of an entity, regarding harvestability which is like ascension worthiness Uh, for those entities which are unbalanced especially as to the primary rays which are red yellow and uh, blue uh, unbalanced as to those primary rays will not be capable of sustaining the impact of the love and light of intelligent infinity to the extent necessary for harvest so this is suggesting that there is a there's a future harvest which requires us to be um, very balanced in order to process properly the intense energy that's that's implied by this harvesting process and that's a whole other subject too Um, but maybe we should just focus on this first uh, sentence here in this paragraph um, and unpack this a little bit more because I feel like this is this is the heart of you know where some of I've been off balance. I know a whole lot, just like you were describing, Andrew, uh, when I uh, maybe get caught up in overanalyzing and not being as honest about the responses that I'm having towards my experiences. Um, Am I anxious? Am I um, pursuing things with a relaxed, peaceful attitude? Or do I feel fear that I'm not evolving fast enough? Like those kinds of things can be um, kind of hidden behind a, a veneer or a, a mask of spiritual practice when when the truth on the deeper level is that the the, the honest responses that I'm having to reactions might not be the, the love and the light that I'm ultimately claiming that I want.
2: It says the key may be seen. So
4: you can see the key in the response. The key to balance is in the response of the entity toward experience. So I guess my question there is that the key to uh, measuring balance or achieving balance. Um, and, And I like maybe both, but if they're saying that as we choose our response, we may choose to be in balance and we can do that in real time um, or perhaps I suppose they're still saying even retroactively, we can look at our responses of individual experiences and and um, realize where we may have been out of balance. Um, but it's still all around, uh, all about experience in this case. That's what they say in the next clause.
0: Yeah, and there's many other sessions where they talk about uh, analysis of experiences being related to, um, comprehending the different energy centers as well, um, and they say thus, using experience to the utmost, which to me suggests um once we once we do take an honest uh, once we do have the honest response, then that implies that we will begin using that experience, and then we have the opportunity then to apply the balancing exercises, once we understand ourselves on that level and achieve the proper attitude for the most purified spectrum of energy center manifestation.
1: I think the the key word in that whole thing for me is spontaneous. The the key to balance may be seen in spontaneous uh, interactions with the world around you. So you walking down the street and a homeless person asks you for money what is your response get away from me you bum or is it would you like some food you know can i can we, can we go to the store and get you some food you know and you may have both responses at any different time in your life or you may have if you walk down the street and a homeless person asks you for food and you say nah get away from me and you you walk down the, and you 100 yards later that entire 100 yards you were contemplating man that was a pretty that was a pretty not nice thing to do i you know i have more than i need let me help this person and then the next person you next homeless person you get to says hey i'm hungry can you give me some food then you help that person out like it's it's in the contemplation of those spontaneous moments that you have growth but he says the key to seeing the balance is in those moments so you have those spontaneous interactions how do you react and then you know upon contemplation, could I have done it better, you know? But that it said also
4: specifically unstudied. So, yes. so now I think I even go back a little bit on what I said about, is this about contemplating in the moment and making a balanced choice? If we were to take that to be strictly, um, you know, literal or saying unstudied, we're neither studying it in that moment. Unstudied uh,
0: means not labored or artificial and natural
4: okay so i guess in it, reality, it could be unstudied it does not mean so yeah to your point nick i guess in a retroactive way it would not necessarily become studied at that point or or labored it's just more that you had that experience and realized yeah. that you wanted. want well, that
1: that experience yeah. is the unstudied experience and then you can go and study it you know it's easy for an actor to look good on camera but if you know a little kid walks up to him and says, hey, can I have your autograph? And they're like, yeah, get out of here, you little squirt. You know, that's an unstudied because they're not on camera. They don't know they're being watched. It's a spontaneous thing. Then you see the true character of someone in the moments where they don't have time to really contemplate how they should act, that you get their truest response.
4: Yeah. All right. So I I agree. I I like your analysis, meaning that this is, um, and they do talk about um, in the balancing exercises later. I think or in another session about um, sort of at the end of the day going back through things. Um, that does seem to be what this is
0: uh, and, referring. To. And I could put even a little more emphasis on the word honest here because for me, it's like I can I can have a reaction when my wife asks for something, and you know I can have layers of of uh, trying to hide my reaction. <laughs> Potentially, it's like. I don't want her to see a negative reaction, so I will have the reaction initially to what she's saying, and and that's the honest reaction. That's the that's the earliest reaction. I think that's probably a good way of looking at it too. Is is can you honestly see what that first reaction is before you say, well, I'm going to react with my body in in a different way. I'm going to say this to her because I know this was is the safest thing to say at this time versus, versus, and and, and we, we've worked through this too, and it's, it's, it's certainly an interesting thing to be in a relationship because you can see how how you can begin to become dishonest with your reactions in order to make the other person happy. Um, but 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 when you actually do feel like there's something holding you back from open-hearted love and that deepest part of your self, that's where you can apply a balancing exercise. That's where you can see, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather not have that reaction next time. I'm gonna see if I can um figure out why I had that n- negative reaction and then balance that with the positive in, inside of me uh in some way. And I think this is this is great to go into session five now with this kind of um setup because the balancing exercises are all about um this process of uh looking at what actually is happening inside of us when we have a reaction, and then honestly evaluating that, and then applying the opposite uh, in, in our meditations, basically. There's not a clear indication that, you know, when you're in a moment, you have to um, find balance in that moment. You have to, um, then after, after you have had that experience, then you apply the balancing exercises
3: mike i just add right there too i feel like that's also the differentiation between the reaction and response sort of thing so once you've been able to somewhat further analyze certain situations and see how you reacted so unconsciously responding to something or acting to something you can then later choose how you respond actually choosing that mental configuration towards situations so coming from more of a loving state or further analyzing like we were talking about why you had that initial reaction and why it was anger or why it was whatever it was, but being able to kind of peel back some of the layers to then better be able to respond appropriately next time as to what you were trying to trying to accomplish.
2: Yeah.